Broadcasting live to the world now. It's Sheila Zelensky. This is a very sinister Luciferian eugenics plan. These spineless weasels preach what people want to hear. They replace repentance with dreams of the good life. Dying daily, taking up your cross, suffering and sacrificing have been superseded with name it and claim it. Sheila Zelensky. Hi, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning into the Sheila Zelinsky Show. Well, I want to jump right into the program because I have a fantastic guest. It is my good friend, Pastor Arthur Pulowski. I think he's the most persecuted pastor in the world right now, so targeted. Arthur Pulowski, unbelievable occurrence of events that has taken place just in the last 72 hours. We're barely out of the gate in 2022, and already he was re-arrested. Pastor Arthur Pulowski, welcome back to the program, my friend. So good to have you back on. Thank you so much, Sheila. It's uh, always a pleasure. So for those of you listening, most of you know Arthur Pulowski, the Canadian Calgary pastor that's been absolutely targeted and persecuted by the Calgary police and some of the politicians in Canada. You saw the Get Out Gestapo. If you haven't, I'll link the show we did. I think it was last April. Arthur's been a good friend of mine. Uh, We were friends before he got famous, not necessarily for a good reason. He's got a lot of haters out there, but he's got a huge bunch of people that absolutely love what he's doing. He was on a tour in the United States in 2021. When he touched down in Calgary, they arrested him. A friend of mine from Texas flew him from Bozeman, got into Calgary. The minute that Arthur touched down on that tarmac, they arrested him. The authorities, he didn't even have a chance to hug his wife after a four or five month tour. Incredible persecution. And he just got re-arrested. So Arthur, lead us up to, I mean, here you have a, a beautiful service. You have the amazing Winnipeg. Our, our mutual friend Tobias Thiessen, the pastor from Winnipeg that also has a bunch of charges and got arrested. I mean, this is unbelievable what's happening in Canada. Walk us through how you ended up being re-arrested yet again in the middle of a highway, big drama, craziness. Um, I'm going to hand you the mic. You get into this incident. Well, I was invited to, we had a wonderful time in a church, no incidents, no problems. The Gestapo left the salon, but of course they were, just like you said, greatly embarrassed on the international scale uh, by us exposing what they have been doing to us for now two years here. And no incidents in the church. I was invited to come in a capacity of a pastor to a peaceful vigil. And it's always good to have a clergyman in the protests, in the rallies, because we keep, we do our best to keep the whole thing peaceful and civil. You know, people have tendency to, you know, curse and they would like to do something more because of their frustration. But we, I think that's why God is using us uh, just to kind of bring them back to this uh, peaceful notion. Hey, we'll win this, but we have to do it the civil rights style, the peaceful non-compliance 
style. So I went over there. My brother David uh, came with me just in case. And my son, as a recording, you know, um, videographer, because you never know what those people are going to do to us. I mean, right now I can't travel by myself. I always have someone with me because yes. they're sneaky yeah. terrorists yes. <laughs> and they would love to arrest me without the cameras rolling. That's what they tried when, as you know, I arrived at the airport. When I stepped out on the Canadian soil, I was immediately arrested. If it was not for an American hero, a pilot that grabbed the phone and recorded the arrest, no one would even see it. So they're very sneaky gangsters, mask bandits, I call them now, the muscle for the totalitarian mafioso Jason Kenney, the premier of Alberta. So anyway, I attended the protest. It was very peaceful. People voiced their opinion. And here is what I was hearing. How dare they come after our homes, our restaurants, our families, our children. And when we want to talk to them, when we want to challenge their authority on what they're doing to us, they're hiding behind buildings that, you know, we can't even see politicians these days. We can't talk to them because they're not answering their phones. They're not answering their emails. Uh, You can't uh, make an appointment and see them anymore. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's like a totalitarian regime that is behind their castle walls, if you will. So people decided to, hey, if we can't see them um, in the political office because they shut down everything, we will see them at their home and we'll try to reason with them and just kind of put a face Uh, to us, the people that elected them. Hey, we are living people. We are suffering. Our children are suffering. As you know, they just shut down schools again. Our kids cannot go back to school uh, because this terrorist, this minister of so-called health, has uh, shut down our schools and our children are to remain at home. Uh, You know, it's like this is abuse of power. This is an attack on the health of our children. So people decided to come and they came with their families, children, women, men, peacefully. And there was absolutely nothing really going on except a bunch of people voicing their dissatisfaction with the totalitarian regime. And the helicopter showed up. It was circling around us. Well, not a big deal. We had nothing to be ashamed of. We were not hiding our faces. Uh, Definitely I was not hiding uh, myself. Um, We were doing a lawful assembly, a lawful protest, a rally, a vigil, and the police didn't show up. And I, I think many of us were kind of wondering what's going on. Not one police cruiser, not even one police officers to keep the eye on us, the great criminals, right? But what I didn't know, of course, it was that they were ambushing, just like the gangsters they are, they were ambushing the people that dared to come and protest the totalitarian illegal restrictions and mandates that are being implemented by this minister of health. Copping is this devil's name. So about 45 minutes later, people started to go home. They entered their vehicles and started or attempted to drive home. And the entire cul-de-sac was closed by, I don't know, 20, 30 police vehicles everywhere. The whole thing shut down. So now imagine a big sting operation, kind of like El Chapo style of takedown. And they blocked it and they used a pretense of they said, oh, it's a regular check stop. Can you believe those liars? Wow. They said, oh, it's a regular check, to- check stop. We're just uh, making sure people are not driving intoxicated. I stepped out of the vehicle and I gave them, I gave them a few of my uh, 
thoughts. I said, you bunch of liars, you criminals, you Nazi Gestapo, KGB psychopaths, because that's what you are. You know there has been a lawful protest. You know what the people came to do. And now you're lying, saying that this is a regular check stop that you're doing on a regular basis. That's what they said to me. Oh, this is a routine check stop. We're doing this on a regular basis right here. Oh, yes, right here in the cul-de-sac in one of the smallest streets. Uh, <laughs> it was a, such a big fat lie. I just I just couldn't take it. So I, I make sure that they heard me very clearly what I think of them. They came to my brother. He was the driver and, of course, breathalyzer because... Um, yeah, it's a check stop, right? So they needed a pretense to stop every vehicle that was coming out of the uh, lawful protest. And I don't know what they were hoping, but they just needed an excuse to stop and see who is inside the vehicles. And that's what they were doing. Of course, we are not uh, drinking. We don't drink alcohol at all. And so there was no issue or problem with that. And then they let us go. So as much as I didn't appreciate it, them lying to us in, in such a way, but they let us go. And uh, something clicked. I, I, I think they figured it out. Okay, we got two Pawlowskis, actually three, because my son Nathaniel was in the car as well. We have the Pawlowskis here. Maybe we can hurt them somehow. But they were not sure. They were not sure how to do it. So they grabbed a telephone. And I noticed some higher rank police officers on the phone. But they, in the end, they let us go. So David is driving to drop us at our home. And in the middle of Crowchild, Crowchild in the city of Calgary is a very busy highway, uh, right going through the, in the middle of the, of the city. And it was a bridge. Can you believe it that they stopped us in the middle of the marriage right before the bridge in a mosque? Okay, hold on. Let, let, let me really set this up here. So what you're telling us is, and there's a lot of people listening, what you're telling us is these police stopped you and they didn't do anything the first time in the cul-de-sac. So clearly this is a total setup because if there was nothing on file, why would they let you go? Yes, of course. Here is what I believe happened. When my brother David said that my name is David Palowski, it clicked. They grabbed the phone and they called um, the chief of police, Newfield. Mark Newfield, uh, a mafioso in the city of uh, Calgary, straight from, I guess, Cosa Nostra, Banano family. But so this man probably told them, hey, you got Palowskis, maybe we can hurt them. Let's see what we can cook up on them. So they let us go, but they followed us. Police can go wherever they want uh, lawfully. You know, we didn't really care. You want to come and follow us, fine. But then in the middle of Crowchild, they put their lights on and they stopped us in this dangerous highway again, which is so bizarre because I'm telling you, Sheila, it's crazy. If they wanted to arrest us, they can come to my home. They did it many times before. They can come to the church. They can send an email to our lawyers. They know we have a bunch of lawyers right now representing us and say, hey, oh, we got a warrant on Arthur Palowski and David Palowski. Please, please bring your clients to, to custody, right? Um, they could do 10,000 different other ways, but they've chosen again to make a spectacle, a drama in the middle of a highway endangering people's lives. So that's exactly what happened. They stopped us. Maybe we, we thought maybe they're going to just give us a, a ticket, a pure harassment, and, and they will let us go because they already did let us go five minutes before that. But no, 
they asked David to step out. He did. And then, of course, he was told he's under arrest for suspicion. Listen to this, Sheila. Suspicion. Those police officers didn't even know why they were stopping us. They were told by the mafia, Cosa Nostra, Mark Newfield, the chief of police in the city of Calgary, he was telling them, hey, stop them, stop them, stop them and arrest them. But those officers didn't even know why they are arresting us. A suspicion? And so my brother David was handcuffed. I stepped out trying to record it because that's, I think for now, that's our most powerful weapon just to document their abuse of power, to document what the uh, mask bandits the gangsters in uniform are doing to us. And of course, I was told I'm under arrest as well. Uh, He was on the phone when he approached David. Another officer was talking to someone higher up, obviously. He says, well, is there anything on Pawlowski, Arthur Pawlowski? And someone said, yes, get him too. For breaching a Rook's order from a year ago. Why didn't they just deal with that the last time you were arrested? You know, I have no idea. Nothing is lawful anymore. They are not following the law and order. They're following politicians. The politicians now are telling them what's lawful and what's not lawful. They're not following the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. They're not following the Criminal Code of Canada. They're being used as the brown shirts of Adolf Hitler for Jason Adolf Kenny. Uh, I don't know how to call them anymore. Like People wake up because you're talking about law, mandates, restrictions, but those people are not following what they're implementing. As you know, the fiasco of Sky Palace where the Premier Adolf Kenny was caught red-handed with the Minister of Health, Chandra, Minister of Environment, Jason Nixon, and the Minister of Finance, Thieves. They were caught partying just two days after we were released from prison for breaching the Rook's order, another corrupted judge, uh, Rook orders, and yet they were caught within the same order. But of course, one law for me one law for the peasants, right. one law for the ruling class, which they think they are, and for the rest of you cockroaches, nobodies. So anyway, I was told that um, I'm being detained for breaching a court order. At that time, I didn't know which order. I mean, it's crazy when I finally find out that this was an order from last year. That's that's unbelievable uh, that those people are still harassing, intimidating and attacking us, you know, using an old court order who was done illegally against four and a half million Albertans. But anyway, when I was in a, a police custody, I was also told that I am being arrested with the new charges, which is mischief. And mischief, for those uh, that are listening, when the police doesn't have anything on you, when they want to make up stuff or cook something on you, they will say you're either disturbing peace or uh, they will charge you with mischief. Mischief is like whatever they can come up with. and It doesn't matter. That's the standard for those for those Nazis. And listen to this. I'm already handcuffed in the police vehicle where I'm being told I can remain silent because whatever I say, it can and will be used against me in a court of law. I have my right to keep my mouth shut if I choose so. And yet these police officers, this Gestapo brown shirts of Adolf Hitler, Kenny, and Cosa Nostra, Newfield. So he turns to me and he starts talking to me. I would just not respond. 
respond. I don't want to talk to the Gestapo. I'm waiting for my lawyer. Yes. And then he says to his partner, you know what? Let's just charge him with something else. And he charges me with obstruction of justice. Wow. Can you believe this? It's like the level of corruption is unbelievable. Those people have no honor. Shame on their uniform of Calgary police. Shame on that badge. They're cooking stuff up. And if you don't dance, if you don't jump high enough, they tell you to jump, they will place more stuff on you. So I was charged with breach of an old court order that is no longer in existence. I was charged with mischief because now they can cook whatever they think I've done, which, of course, I've done nothing illegal. I have not entered the property of that person. I encourage people uh, to be respectful, civil, not to curse. Uh, some people wanted to go to the backyard. I told them, I told them, don't do it. They're going to use that against you. Don't do it. Be respectful, be peaceful, voice your opinion, but do not trespass. Do not go on their property. And of course, we did not trespass. Another thing is that Jason Kenny comes on public and he says that we were trespassing. Listen, you lying devil. In order to trespass, someone has to come out and tell you you're not welcome. You're not allowed to be on this property. We were not trespassing. We were on a public sidewalk and we were on a public road. That's where the protest was. You can clearly see it in the videos uh, that are circulating right now. Uh, left and right. So this guy, Jason Adolf Kenny, comes on and he lies to the public because you see, they need to create this drama. They need to create the narration to vilify us and exercising our rights as a peaceful protesters, as a vigil, as a people that came just to do our best to make those people accountable for what they're doing to us. Uh, no, that's unacceptable. That's too peaceful, too nice. He needed to vilify us and portray us as some kind of evil, wicked people that are endangering politicians' lives. That's the narration they're trying to create. Of course, it's a lie. This never happened, and um, I would never participate in stuff like this. So we were taken to the police, again, 24 hours on concrete. And Sheila, I'll tell you something. All of this they're doing to us, in quote, for the health, right? Everything they're doing to us, it's for our good, for the good of the community, and yet you are in police. Your belongings are taken away from you. You have one layer of clothes. That's it. You're not allowed to have more. And you're being thrown on concrete. Yes, you heard it right, on concrete. When you take a stray dog from the streets to the humane society, the dog is, you know, they're giving him a, a blanket. Uh, they will feed him. They will give him something warm. But no, if you are arrested by the Calgary police, you will be thrown on concrete, freezing cold, shivering all night long, not allowed to sleep because the lights are so bright, you can't even close your eyes. It's, it feels like the sun is shining and you're shivering. My brother David asks them for blanket. He says, listen, uh, I don't want to get sick here. I'm shivering. It's crazy cold. It's winter. Give me a blanket. And then he asked for the Bible. The officer came back and here is what he said. The upper up said, no Bible for you and no blanket for you. In other words, as a healthy man, you are being detained. There is nothing you can do about it. There is no way you can help yourself. You're under their custody and you are a healthy individual coming out the next day. 
you come out a sick man. And all of this is done to not put a strain on the health system. What a joke. This whole thing is a sham. Another interesting observation, you know, I like to watch. I like to see people's behavior. And here's what I observed. I had a number of conversations with our lawyer. I was back and forth talking to him and preparing for the bail hearing. So I had an opportunity to be taken from my cell to the booth where I could talk to my lawyer a few times. And here is an interesting thing. Sometimes you're there for a longer period of time and they don't really see you. But I could see the police officers. When they see public, they would put the muzzle on and they would pretend they're following the health instructions or whatever, the, the mandates, right? But when they've forgotten about me for those few minutes sometimes, because, you know, I was inside locked in a phone booth, they would relax. And guess what? They took their muzzle off when they thought no one was watching. They took it off and they were mingling with themselves. They didn't pay attention, in quote, to spread the virus. No, because they themselves know that this is a sham, that this is a big fat lie, and they don't follow the rules and regulations themselves, and rightfully so, because this whole thing is a lie. However, when they notice that I'm watching, immediately they would put the muzzle on when someone was brought to the processing place, the admission, I noticed that all the officers promptly would put their mask on, and of course, um, they were playing they're part of this charade. But the moment they thought no one is watching, the muzzle would come down and the virus is no longer an issue. And I just shook my head watching this whole thing. And I'm thinking, you people, you have arrested me again. And you yourselves do not believe in this stuff. You yourself, you know that this is a big fat lie. Why are you participating in this? Why are you enabling the tyrants to do this to the very people you swore to protect. So I challenge those officers, and I want to make this on the record, Sheila, not all the police officers are bad. I met some really good police officers there, uh, decent cops, the ones that they just did their job and they did it respectfully. They did it properly. They would not abuse their power. Uh, they would They would be humans. And for those people, I am taking my hat to you people, female and male officers that I met during my my time in jail, not just this time, but previous ones. And I want to say thank you for doing your job because your job is to be respectful, to follow the rules, the law and the justice. But for those like those young guys that arrested me, they are gangsters in uniform. They treated me like a piece of garbage and they were very happy. They were cursing at me in the police custody and they were very happy that this is happening to me because they're no longer police officers. They are the agents for the totalitarian regime. They are the tools of those tyrants like Adolf Kenny or mafia boss, chief of police, Newfield. So first of all, I know people are anxious to ask this question. Is there now a lawsuit for the persecution, the harassment? So that's the first question. And the bigger question, Arthur, where are the pastors standing up against this? Well, the pastors, unfortunately, the clergymen, the priests, the rabbis are cowards in this country. Some people will say that's a little bit over the top. No, it's not. They're cowards. They have sold Jesus for a bowl of soup. 
I just learned from someone that Center Street Church, one of the biggest churches in Canada, got millions of dollars to mask their people and to check the passports. You cannot enter majority of the churches in this country right now without showing you your Gestapo, Nazi, Communist, KGB red passport. You will not be welcomed into the places of worship right now if you if you did not allowed to be jobbed with experimental drag that is actually killing murdering people left and right right now also to the first question yes i am filing five lawsuits as we speak right now we or i already hired a person that is putting the paperwork in place in few days we're going to have ready all the affidavits and our uh, lawsuit. I'm going to make that public when it's ready, but this is not going to end there. Every single time they're going to harass me right now, I'm going to file another lawsuit. A lot of lawsuits are coming. I'm going after them for entering our church, for breaching criminal code of Canada, section 176, interfering with the clergyman. And by the way, I was attending this peaceful vigil in a capacity of a pastor. And they arrested me on the way back from where I was exercising my duty as a clergyman, which is a breach of criminal code section 176. You're not allowed to interfere with a clergyman while he is on his way during officiating or coming from officiating his duty in the capacity of a clergyman. And they did that again. Again, I'm telling you, those people are not following the law. They're gangsters. You know, they say to me and to others, how dare you go outside of somebody's house? And I say back to them, how dare you come to my house? How dare you come to my church? How dare you come to my children? How dare you to break the law the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, and the Criminal Code of Canada. How dare you do what you're doing to us? So now maybe it's time for Canadians to start pushing back. They dare to come to your doors, you go to their doors. 10,000 people should go to their homes and voice their dissatisfaction with those gangsters that are hiding behind, oh, I'm the minister. No, you're not a minister. You're not representing anyone. You are a mafia. And you have your muscle, your soldiers, in a mafia structure dressed as or pretending as police officers. Well, and that's the thing that's so frustrating. Even myself, when I called Calgary Police, first of all, you can never get a hold of anybody that's supposed to represent us. And that's the really frustrating part. They put you through these phone gauntlets, you reach mailboxes or mailboxes are full or leave a message. And it's just an absolute nightmare to get a hold of anybody. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is these brown shirt, Nazi, tyrannical jackboot thugs, they work for us. What they're doing is they're breaking the law that they have sworn to protect and uphold. Going after a pastor? I mean, come on, Arthur. This is absolute political harassment. It's persecution on every level. And it's quite frankly, it's unacceptable. And the time is for them to be reminded, you work for us. They should work for us, but they do not work for us anymore. You've heard for the past two years those statements. We are in this together. The politicians love to say this cliche. The police officers, the, the chief of police, oh, we are in this together. No, we are not in this together with you. You are gangsters. You are taking our rights away. 
you are implementing restrictions that are murdering our loved ones, killing our businesses, uh, killing what our forefathers worked so hard for. And soon we will have nothing to give to our children because those people will stop until you have absolutely nothing. They do not work for us anymore. And that's the problem. That's why you can you cannot get a hold of a politician these days. Uh, that's why you should go to their homes. Thousands of people should go to their properties and say, you know, do it legally, of course, uh, do it on the public sidewalk, on the public road. But you should, because there is no other way that you can voice your opinion. The mainstream media are liars. They're propaganda machinery for the very people that are enslaving you. So what else can people do? There is no recoil. You, you can't do nothing. The judges are corrupted. The judges are enabling the mafia people like Kenny to do this to us. They are backing the brown shirts. And what else can we do? I mean, I am fearing, Sheila, that sooner or later, people will be so frustrated. They're going to start hurting others. And I don't want to see that. Still, the politicians have a chance to do the right thing. They still can say, hey, we were mistaken. Enough is enough. We're not going to participate in this globalistic takeover. But if they keep pushing, I've seen it. I've seen police officers running for their lives during the solidarity movement when some people decided, okay, I just want vengeance. You've killed my brother. You've killed my mother. You arrested my grandfather. And now it's time for vengeance. And of course, you know what happens when people take uh, the law in their, into their own hands. It's not pretty. I want to avoid that. I don't want to see this ever. I don't want to see ever violence on the streets against no one. Even though they are doing this to us today, I believe in a peaceful resolution, civil rights movement style, uh, Martin Luther King Jr., Mahatma Gandhi, uh, solidarity movement style. That's why I created solidaritymovementofcanada.com. They are repeating history. We can repeat the history as well and do it with a, you know, a peaceful way. But I'm fearing that more and more, if they're going to use those types of tactics, finally people will snap. I mean, can you imagine learning that they murdered your mother? that they murdered your father, that they murdered your kid by forcing your kid, because otherwise he will not be able to play hockey, to take experimental drug that gave that kid a blood clot or heart attack or any other sickness. I, I am telling you, when people will finally find out the truth, what's really going on, it's not going to be pretty for those gangsters. They still can avoid that. They still can do the right thing. So I'm going to use the law against them and a peaceful resistance, non-compliance, rallying, vigils against those people. And we will continue fighting for as long as it needs be. Because in the end of the day, Sheila, this is not their country only. This is our country. This is our beloved Canada. They have no right to do what they're doing. They have no right to pillage, to steal and to destroy what we work so hard for. Well, and not only that, it's ironic that on Saturday you had our mutual friend Tobias Thiessen, who's also a Manitoba pastor that's been arrested before for standing up and saying, listen, under our Charter of Rights and Freedoms, that whereas Canada is founded upon principles that recognize the supremacy of God and the rule of law, we have a Charter of Rights and Freedoms. But this looks a lot like something where, that you grew up in behind the Iron Curtain. You know what a communist hellhole is like. And what kind of legacy do we leave? 
leave to our children when we put up with this stuff? And I, I guess I'm heartbroken that the people of Canada have let this go on as long as they have. Yeah, we will have Sheila no legacy to give them except totalitarian horror, I call it hell on earth, because that's what communism and socialism is. I mean, look at this prosperous nation once, Venezuela, and look what is happening there today when the communism socialism took over. So I'm fearing for this nation. I'm fearing for the next generation. What is going to happen to them when those tyrants like Kenny and Newfold will continue doing what they're doing and they need to be accountable for what they have been doing to us. Nuremberg trial number two is desperately needed in our nation. So there will be nothing to leave behind because as you know, the globalists came on television and they said, you will own nothing and you will be happy. What they're telling you, we're going to steal everything away from you. We're going to destroy everything, your businesses, your homes, and we will take it from you. You will have nothing. Uh, But you know what? You will own nothing, but you will be extremely happy. And they will own everything, and I guess they will be extremely miserable. That's the rhetorics you're being told left and right. They're telling you we're in this together while you've lost everything, and they just gave themselves a hefty paycheck. They're locking you in your house like prisoners, and then off they go to Barbados, like our wannabe prime minister, tyrant, the son of Fidel Castro. And he lied about it. And, and that's, you see, that's the problem. They, there's zero accountability. They lie to us left and right. They play this theater, because that's what it is. You know, for example... This wicked, evil woman, this professional liar, Dina Hinsha, when she comes on television, oh, she is walking with a muzzle on and she's sanitizing her hands every single time. I mean, so pathetic. It makes me sick. I want to puke when I see all of that because it's a charade. It's a theater. That's what it is. Monkeys in the circus. So uh, you have a choice, Canadians. You can be the monkey and you put your muzzle on, shut your mouth and jump when they tell you to jump. But you know what? I'm not a monkey. I'm a son of the living God created in his image. And I refuse to put the muzzle on. I'm not your slave and I will never become your slave. I'll fight you to the death. And if it needs be for me to pay the ultimate price, I guess so be it. But I will never bow to tyranny. I'll fight the tyranny all the way. And if enough Canadians would have that kind of attitude, this whole thing would be over within two weeks of implementation in 2020. But here we are, 2022, Quebec is locked. (laughs) They've locked them like monkeys in the circus. They tell them to jump up and down. Where are you people? Rise up, stand up. Where are you fathers? Clergymen, are you cowards? Stop hiding behind your charitable status and take to the streets, fight for the people that God entrusted you with. My God, if you're not going to speak the truth, who is going to speak the truth? Yeah, well said. People need to really wrap their head around something that Arthur said earlier, and it's the fact that Christian churches, they're either closed or they're vaccine centers, or you have to get a proof of vaccine. How absolutely straight out of the pits of hell is it 
when they are mandating, you know, you call it the vaccine, I call it a genocidal gene-altering bioweapon, the brave Christian theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who led the Pastors Emergency League, and whom, by the way, Hitler murdered shortly before Germany surrendered, said, silence in the face of evil is itself evil. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. How is it that all of the evangelism the evangelifishianity over the last 50 years has produced such an undiscerning, weak, and cowardly church. I'll tell you one reason. Over 50 years of a false interpretation of Romans 13, the Christians have to obey civil liberty? No, we don't, we're not called to bow down to tyranny. Yes, you got to remember, liars hate those that speak the truth. And that's why they hate us so much. Let's just go to the root of the problem. There are evil people, wicked, God-hating people like Kenny and Casey Madu, this minister of justice. What a hypocrite, Sadducee he is. You know, he is an immigrant from Nigeria. And in Nigeria, they're murdering Christians. And I guess he's following a huge legacy of his people they are murdering Christians and persecuting Christians. And yet he loves to be photographed with his Bible. And he calls himself a minister of justice. And he sends gangsters to harass and to intimidate clergymen. What a shameful individual that this KC Madu individual is. They come to our beloved Canada. And instead of embracing this beauty of democracy that has been given to us, you know, Sheila, why did we escape our old countries? Because of totalitarian regimes. We came to Canada for one purpose. The Canada was offering us opportunities to be free, to work hard and to achieve something. All of this is being stolen from us. And those immigrants are coming to our beautiful nation. And instead of cherishing the legacy that the founding fathers have left us, they're destroying it, turning our beloved nation into what they escaped. So they're spies. They are not here for the benefit of Canadians. They're here to steal and to destroy your democracy. And how dare they? Go back to your totalitarian garbage if that's what you want. You will fit perfectly, KC Madu and Mark Newfield and Jason Kenney with North Koreans. I mean, they would love you there. You can go and pillage and murder and implement your stupid unlawful orders there. But take your filthy hands out of our beloved nation um, or we'll push back harder. And, you know, that's what it what needs to happen. We are being pushed left and right. They have turned us into a second-class citizens there has never been a bigger segregation that we are facing in the history of mankind. And they're getting away with the murder. They're pushing so hard. I say to you Canadians, rise up, my friends, and let's push harder. They will never stop their bullies. They will keep stealing, lying, cheating, pillaging until you, you the people, will cut that cancer out. And again, I'm talking about peaceful resistance, non-compliance. I'm not talking about guns and swords and, you know, all those different things. There's more of us than of them. If we would simply say no and get out, like I did from the church, get out, you Nazis, this whole thing would be over. I don't know if people remember this very, it's an incredible quote from Martin Neumuller. 
He was born in 1892, and he was a prominent Lutheran pastor in Germany, emerged as a very outspoken public foe of Adolf Hitler. He spent the last seven years of Nazi rule in concentration camps, and best remembered for his post-war words. Remember this? First, they came for the communists. Some people interchange it with socialists, and I didn't speak out because I wasn't a communist. Then they came for the Jews, and I didn't speak up because I wasn't a Jew. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I didn't speak up because I wasn't a trade unionist. Then they came for the Catholics, and I didn't speak up because I was a Protestant. Then they came for me, and by that time there was no one left to speak up. There's other variations of it, but here's the bottom line. This is everybody's fight right now. You're absolutely right, and I said that two years ago. I said to the police officers, I said to the nurses, I said to the doctors, I said, listen to me, they came for me, they came for my children, for my skin. You didn't care, you don't care because you know it's not your skin and those are not your children. But mark my words, I studied history, they will come for your skin as well, they will come for your children as well, it's just a matter of time. Look at us now, everyone is suffering. If you don't bow to the totalitarian regime and allow them to jab you multiple times, and of course we know Trudeau bought 12 jobs, this is not going to end with the third and fourth and fifth booster. He has 12 already and there's nothing stopping him from you know, buying another 10. So this will never stop unless you stop this. So how, you know, people are a little bit confused because they don't know how the bullies work. When I announced that I just won four cases, four trials, and they dropped the charges, the enemy is not happy that I'm winning. So they have to bring more charges to keep me under the gun. And that's exactly what is happening. They are cooking more stuff up. They are harassing, intimidating. They don't want me to rest. And I just received seven more charges in the past three weeks, believe it or not, four charges for unlawfully unloading food for the homeless people. Out of all the things I do, they gave me tickets for unlawfully unloading food when I'm saving the lives on those that are living on the streets. And then the three charges from two days ago during my and my brother's uh, arrest. So he got two charges. I got three charges. So the fight continues. I have right now about 40 COVID tickets and most of them we won. They dropped the charges or we just won the case. And um, there is still about 18, 19 to go. We keep fighting. I mean, for two years, we have been defending ourselves. I want to go into a more aggressive mode it's time to go on the offensive. I want to start filing those court cases, but of course, court fees and hiring a right individual that can help us with the paperwork to make it good costs money. So if people want to chip in, that would I'll be great, you know, greatly appreciated. Go to streetchurch.ca. Uh, if it comes to our defense, we have amazing lawyers right now. Chad and Sarah Miller is doing a fantastic job. I'm very grateful. And we keep plowing. We keep exposing them, keep putting pressure on them. And sooner or later, the truth will be known because that's history. Lie cannot you know, continue in the lying mode forever. Sooner or later, the truth will pop up. Absolutely. The truth always washes out in the end, and eventually it will come out, Arthur. And I think it's really important for us to unite because as long as they have these divisions, they're trying to sow discord and have people fighting each other. No, listen, 
We don't have to agree on everything, but it's really important right now to unite. I understand that some people don't like me, Sheila. You know some people don't like me, and I'm okay with that. I'm not running for a popularity contest. And, and some Christians don't like me because of the language I'm using. I get it. But they're coming for your children, too. This is no longer just about you. This is about the next generation. They're jobbing your children and your grandchildren. Are you okay with that? Unite people. Let's fight this tyranny. And when we succeed, then we can go back to our little disagreements, if that's your hobby. I got no time for stuff like this. So unite and put pressure. If you want to help me, you can go to the website, streetchurch.ca, but you can also phone the mayor's office, uh, 311. Phone the minister of so-called justice, KC Madhu, that tyrant, that devil that sent SWAT team on pastors and arrests people in the middle of the highway. Call him. Let him know how you feel about what this Nigerian immigrant is doing to your beloved Canada. Call Newfield that is using the police force as his personal gangsters in uniform. Uh, let them know how you feel. Call the Kenny's office. Tell them that they have to stop or else. I mean, you could do something. People think they're powerless, but that's not true. Give me enough people and I will change your government. And you will have the best government on earth where everyone will be valued. Everyone will have his rights back. Because right now we are all slaves including those that took the job. Sheila, this is the most unbelievable thing. Those that took the experimental drug into their system, they truly thought that when they will comply, it's going to be over. And look, they are being discriminated against as well because now the government wants the third job and then there will be fourth job. And the fifth, 85% of the people in hospitals infected with the virus are the ones that complied and took the job. 85%. Again, this will never stop people. You have to understand what's really going on. Immigrants are stealing your inheritance. That's what's happening. They are doing this. Those that you have embraced and you allow them to come here so they can have a beautiful nation are stealing this away from you. You have to say, no, you got to rise up for what's rightfully yours. And you have to tell them, stop or go back where you came from. This is our nation. This is Canada. Does their humiliation know no bounds? Like what a disgraceful display of embarrassment. Like the Calgary police to me are an absolute disgrace to the badge. You know, and that's a respectful profession, but I mean, they're a disgrace. Their phones ought to be lighting up like the 4th of July because, folks, Arthur, your story has gone around the world, featured on Tucker Carlson. The world's eyes are on the Calgary police. What an absolute disgrace and embarrassment for Canada. I'll tell you something. If I was a police officer, I think I would resign because I would not be able to look at my uniform anymore the same way. The uniform of the Calgary police more and more looks like the Gestapo with SS on their sleeves. This has nothing to do with law and order anymore, but it has everything to do with whatever Adolf Kenny says we are to do. We are brainless robots just following orders Logic doesn't enter their mind anymore because, you know, how can you do stuff like this and sleep at night unless you're an extremely wicked, evil person? If you're a decent human being, you look at this and say, no, I'm not going to participate in this. This is a repetition of history. That's how Hitler 
murdered 30 million people. That's how Joseph Stalin murdered 60 million people, just like Mao Zedong murdered 80 million people. Am I okay in participating in something like this? No way, because we have to remember the tyrants will not be able to do what they do without the support of the police. You know that. I know that. History is teaching us that if the police would refuse to do evil, the tyrants will be no more because they will have no power to go after us. But because they're using armed officers with tasers, handcuffs, and pistols, we are overtaken by gangsters. I mean, if someone breaks into your house and you got 30 gangsters with guns pointed at you, what, what can you do? And that's exactly what they're doing to me. They're overwhelming me with the sheer numbers of officers. My arrests are usually high profile, 20, 30 police officers blocking the highway, doing this like El Chapo style of takedown. <laughs> you know, like, oh my God, give me a call and I will show up at the police station. Send a message to my lawyer and if I need to be arrested, there's no need for this theatrics. But I'm telling you, they're doing this because they're sending a message. You see what we can do with anyone? We are gangsters. You listen to us or you're next. That's exactly what we are what we are witnessing. It reminds me of New York City or Chicago during Al Capone, where everyone was corrupted, everyone was on the take, and the police, decent police officers were powerless, and the citizens were terrorized by Al Capone likes. We are being terrorized by Jason Kenney, his ministers like Copping, Chandra, Nixon's, what a shame. And another thing I want to mention, you know, Jason Nixon and his brother, Jeremy Nixon, you know that they are the sons of the pastor and they're doing this to us. You know that? Wow. Yes, yes. And many people do not know the history, but their father, Nixon, he started Master Seed. He got converted into Christianity and he did an amazing job. I have to admit, I read his book. It was a fascinating book and he did a lot of good and the money kicked in. Don't kid yourself. Everything is tied to money. And his two sons were elected as MLAs. And now it's all about money. I remember when he told me, the father, he says, uh, stop preaching the gospel because you're jeopardizing my $80 million that the provincial government promised to me. And wow. if they think you're part of our organization, they might not give me the money. Everything is tied to greed, money. They've sold their souls for 30 shekels of silver. And now the sons are continuing this shameful legacy of Judas Nixon that sold his soul uh, for millions of dollars. And for selling his soul, he got the Order of Canada. I mean, if you're a terrorist right now, if you're a wicked, evil person, you will get the Order of Canada. You will be greatly rewarded by the totalitarian regime the corrupted Trudeau, the fearer of China, uh, he will reward you greatly if you're willing to sell your soul for a bowl of soup. Well, I'm going to tell you something, folks. In 2022, it's about time that God's people started learning how to do some warfare. Prayer is when you are addressing God, and that is amazing. You should be doing it. Warfare is when you are addressing the enemy. And too many people talk and sing songs about going into the enemy's camp, but I'm talking like Second Chronicles 2022-style ambushments in the enemy camp. What does it say? They're waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Luke 10, 19, behold, he gives us power and authority. Listen, Paul loosed blindness in Acts 13. 
We should be binding the strongmen. We should be praying over Canada. We should be dealing with these principalities, powers, dark rulers of the wickedness in high places. We can use angels. We can use the hosts of heaven and cancel these assignments. We ought to be loosing civil war into the enemy camp. Arthur, it's really important that Christians start doing this. Yes, and we always say God turned their curses against their own heads. Every pit that they have dug against us, let them fall into their own devices. Yes. Confuse the enemy, expose their lies. We're not wishing them ill. I don't hate anyone, Sheila. I don't hate my enemies. I pity my enemies. I do not hate Jason Kenney or those ministers that are doing this. I hate what they do, but I pity them because they are also the victims of the devil and hell is eternity. This is not just five minutes here. It's not just put your bum on a grill for five minutes. No, this is eternity and they're going to pay dearly for what they're doing to humans. They're going to pay with their own lives in eternity in hell when finally the judge of judges, the one that doesn't take any bribes coming to judge the living and the dead. So in the end of the day, you got to remember they're also victims. They're doing this for whatever reason, greed, bribe, blackmail, because I know that majority, 80% of the politicians are being blackmailed because they have done terrible things, either pedophilia or uh, other sexual uh, craziness that they've done. So they're being blackmailed, not just blackmailed, but they're also bribed with enormous amounts of money. For example, yeah. a year ago, a billion dollars disappeared from the coffers of the provincial government under Kenny. For whatever reason, there is no investigation. No one is really looking for the money. A billion dollars just disappeared and everyone kind of moved on. And it's beyond me. I don't understand. We know where the money is. They've stolen a billion dollars from Albertans and they divided that money to bribe the people to do this to us. That's the truth. So I pray God expose them, show why Jason Kenney is so terrified. Perhaps they have something on him that if people knew what kind of a man he really is, uh, his career would be over. Or maybe expose them that they took millions of dollars to lie to the public. I don't know what they've done, but I do know that God can reveal that, just like he did with Epstein and Maxwell recently. Sooner or later, God will expose what they're doing in darkness, and he's going to shout it from the rooftops. So we got to pray. We got to pray for their salvation. I mean, would not, that, would not that be a day if Jason Kenney would come to the Lord, repent from his sins, and actually start serving God and serving people? That would be ultimate victory. That would be the most beautiful thing. So there is hope for them, but if they're not going to be willing to walk away from their evil while the consequences are coming and God is going to find them guilty and it's not going to be pretty. Yes, and may God expose all of their evil agendas in 2022. I believe it's going to be a very powerful year. Arthur, if you do us the honor of praying in the last part of the show, please. 2022, let this be a year of pushback. I say let the 2022 in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth be the year where the people push back for their freedom, for their loved ones, for the children. If you don't want to do it for you, do it for your children and your grandchildren. In the name of Jesus, I pray the same prayer like we always pray. God, reveal their wickedness, expose them, their devices, 
that they are using against us, the gallows of Haman that was raised against the head of Mordecai. I pray that they will hang on their own devices. The sword of Goliath, Father, I pray will be used against his own head. I pray that the court system, the media, and the political arena, the healthcare system, the educational system, all of those things would be used against this evil in the land. And I pray that, Father, you would replace those villains with the real lovers of Canada, with true patriots, with people that are honest and are willing to bless, not to curse. I also pray that every curse, every word that they have spoken against us will go back where it came from. Let it hit them between their eyes. Let them taste their own medicine for a change in the name of Jesus. And I pray that you would give us victory in everything we do. Amen. Amen. Very powerful. Listen, right now what I want people to do is I want you to go over to streetchurch.ca. And this is really important because I think there's some confusion here, Arthur. People have been donating to Rebel News and they've been picking up the fines. I'm not talking about the defensive fines that Rebel News Media is paying. What Arthur needs right now is some deep pockets, and he needs a team of people, as far as I'm concerned, to really help him coordinate. They said what? Like it's going to be a million dollars to launch a lawsuit against the Calgary police. I would like to see Arthur raise a million dollars for a lawsuit to go after these guys. You need to take these guys on. I really believe you have a very powerful case. Pure harassment, pure persecution. We need to get you to come up with that million bucks, and we need to figure out how to get you a powerful dream team of lawyers that are willing to take these devils on. Yeah, that would be great. I don't have anyone like that. I have great lawyers, but they are defending me. Yeah. I asked them if they would be willing to file a lawsuit against them, but they said this is too much money. We're oh. talking about at least million dollars a lawsuit, and I'm willing to do it. I'm, yeah. you know, use me. I'm willing to do it. Yeah. But we need a lawyer that is willing to jump or a businessman that is willing to pay the fee. I'll tell you this: there's someone that is willing to use my story. To go after the villains, I'm willing to go all the way, all yeah. the way to the Supreme Court yeah. of Canada. My story, I think, is very strong, and they have done lots of things that are unlawful, but I cannot pay. You know, this is their tactics. Uh, they have been succeeding, as you know, for a number of years, but before I was pretty much alone. But I'm, I'm willing, if you will come across anyone, I'm willing to be used we don't want this to end like this. I don't want only to defend myself. We can't do this alone. I'm willing to fight. But without lawyers, without uh, people behind, we still have another year uh, to take them to court. And if there is someone out there that is willing to hire the right kind of lawyer that is smart enough and strong enough to take on the government for a proper trial, you need lots of money. Absolutely. Well, folks, you heard it there. And all the information that you need is both up on your screen and linked in the description below. All the information on how to give to Street Church for both a lawsuit and also feeding the homeless. He's still been doing that for over 25 years out in the streets of Calgary. That's streetchurch.ca. Go over there now and donate. There's all sorts of ways to donate. And also there's a mailing address linked in the description below. You heard Arthur. Any Canadian lawyers 
lawyers out there listening to this or you know any good Canadian lawyers that, as he just said, are willing to go up against the Calgary police? Well, maybe even there's a lawyer, some lawyers out there that are willing to take him pro bono. His contact information is below. We will be continuing to pray for Arthur. Thank you so much for coming on the program, Arthur, my friend. Thank you very much. God bless you. Folks, that was Pastor Arthur Pulowski. His information is, again, linked below. Yeah, you know any rich mega-pastors that also would like to help a persecuted pastor? I'd love to hear from them as well. We are out of time, folks. Don't forget to go and sign up for that spiritual warfare training. We do the 201, January 15th. It's on. Go to SheilaZelinski.com. And a big shout out to everyone over there at Global Star Radio. Hey, don't forget, check out the Sheila Zielinski Report. Bookmark SheilaZielinski.tv. We'll see you Friday. Good night and God bless you.